the kinks and you really got me. Uh, Louise was on overnight to rayatrt.ie. We were talking to Sinead Neulicon yesterday about jiving and we spoke to Patricia, who's a dance teacher, and Joan, who's one of her pupils. And uh, Louise says, I'm listening here from Virginia in America. The jive brings back many fond memories of my dad. He taught me how to dance, uh, the jive and the waltz, about 45 years ago in Mitchellstown. He told me to practice with the curtain hanging on the kitchen window. Then music came on the radio. I would hold the end of the curtain and dance away to my heart. I've never heard that method of learning to dance before, dancing with a curtain. Um, My parents loved to go dancing and sometimes I was allowed to go to dinner dances with them and got to show off my dance moves. I haven't found any man that could dance like my dad, so I haven't done much dancing since. Here in Virginia, we do flat footing, flat footing to bluegrass music. No partner required. Um, thanks for the memory, says Louise. Flat footing. Never heard of flat footing. Um, now, uh, yeah, uh, we, we, we'll see if we can get the quizzers up, but we can go live now to London. Uh, Gaff Goddess, Laura DeBarra is in situ. Hello, Laura. Hi, how are you? Good, good. You have a new podcast. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. It's yeah. going stunningly. Stunningly. I, 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 I'm not surprised that it's going stunningly. <laughs> do, do, do you refer to your podcast as horror? No. I do. I mean, she's a queen, right? It's a first-time buyer's Bible. So it's all the tips and tricks if you're a first-time buyer. Yes. So, so, and that's your thing. Just because you have a podcast and uh, it's a long time since we spoke to you just about yourself. You're always solving mm-hmm. other people's problems. Just remind people what you do over there in London. So I basically work in property. I do a mix of things for either homeowners, tenants, investors, where I basically look after properties, make sure that they're the perfect standard for people who are going to rent. Maybe it's for somebody selling. Hmm. I might go in sometimes in stage for photographs, basically just making sure that everything's running well. And then I also buy property for investors. And I also do consulting with people uh-huh. who want to buy property. So so, so you're sort of a property guru uh, and that's why you're qualified <laughs> to do a podcast, giving advice to first-time buyers. Yeah, I've bought over 42 properties. So right. I have seen it all. I myself am a first-time buyer. So I've bought property with other people's money usually and I've realised that all the things I've picked up over the past few years, I wish someone had told me. So each week I meet a different expert, mortgage expert. We meet people who come in like a solicitor, an estate agent, and they give us their top tips and tricks for first-time okay. buyers to learn about. Now, it's geared towards a UK audience? Uh, no, Ireland. No, it's sponsored oh, by Bank of Ireland. Uh-huh. So it's, it's Ireland. It's right. for Irish, yeah. And uh-huh. it's all the rules in Ireland because it's so different from other yes, places. Yes, And then if you have, like, if you have a one of your children, let's say, as a first-time buyer, it's very different now from even five years ago. So it's great to listen. Then you can offer support yes. in and understand what kind of support you need to offer with it, you know, and what's actually going on with the sale. I, I, don't, I don't know, but I would imagine that for a lot of people, it's difficult to see past what they see in front of them. I know that sounds obvious, but you know, yeah. I suppose it's difficult for people to see potential in a property. Of course. And as the person makes the home as well. So you'll hear so many different things about what the home should be. And it's like, I always say, like when someone tells you kicking the tires of a car and stuff, well, what about the rest of it? Um, I think like my books like Jake Orgelore and Gaff Goddess both touch on that, like yeah. how to make a space your own. I think the main thing is just understanding the sale like when you're buying it how to find it how to get the mortgage all that you can then focus on what the house needs to be for you yeah. you don't need to stress about that side of it okay uh, it's the first february um i don't know where you stand on the beginning of spring for me today is the beginning of spring and we spring clean yeah. and and that's 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 why we have you on um yeah. now, now, now uh 
it's is is it still a thing spring cleaning I think it is I think it came back after lockdowns mm. I think people were just dying and itching to get going with feeling newness in the space and I also think people were more aware of the space and everything that lurks behind yeah. and I think it's just a nice feeling even if you're just flipping your mattress just something new on the 1st of February yeah. is always nice to do for yourself We were speaking to a lady yesterday on the quiz and she had just steam cleaned the kitchen floor and oh, See there you go there you go that, that's, that's exactly the reaction she gave us there, there. Yeah Sounds delicious. Yeah. <laughs> what is it about the steam cleaning? And and is is, is that a recent development in uh, cleaning the house? I think it's more recent now that people have it like themselves. Usually when you get a professional cleaning company in, they'll have steam cleaners for the carpets and the fabrics and the floors mm. and surfaces. And I think now they've just created ones that we can just have in our own home. It was a lot big, it's a lot bigger in other countries, but it's come into the UK and Ireland now more recent. And it's just so satisfying. There's not a load of chemicals. You're actually feeling like the place is clean, properly yeah. clean, rather than just masked with cleaning product. Right. Okay. Uh, and there's that there's that noise, that lovely noise, and there is the yeah. steam. So uh, that's, yeah. yeah. Something, yeah. <laughs> Hitting all the senses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, right. We said you were coming on, Laura, and uh, we invited our listeners to send you in questions. So here we go. Joanne Woo-hoo. says, can you please, please, please give some advice on how to clean mattresses? I've six children ranging in ages from four to 16, and I'd love some tips on how to keep the mattresses clean and fresh. Joanne. Oh my God, iconic. So the best thing that you can do to keep things clean and fresh, coming from a girl that lathers herself in fake tan all the time, is a mattress protector. Even if you just have one per mattress and you can just pop it in the wash every few weeks, it is ideal. It will make make the mattress brand new. I put them in at the start of all tenancies. You can get ones with a waterproof backing on them. You can get ones that are made out of all different fibres, all different sizes. They're really inexpensive to buy and they last forever. Right, so mattress protectors. Now, are they yep. going to change the sleeping experience for the children? Not unless you wanted to. If you're like, okay, I hate my spring mattress and I wish it had more of a foam feeling, but I don't want to buy a new mattress, get a foam-topped mattress uh-huh. topper. Right. You know, if you if you ha- if you want a more spring feeling, more air, if you sleep really hot, you can get one that isn't, it's more fibre than foam. So you can change your sleeping experience, but if you don't want it, you can just get these okay. amazing... Mattress toppers. Mattress toppers. There you go. Deborah uh, has been on. Uh, would you ask Laura regarding veneer mahogany furniture that has mildew on the front doors oh. in my drawing room? It's about 50 years old. How could I clean it? Thank you in advance. Deborah. That's so common, actually. If it hasn't like, penetrated the veneer too badly, which it usually wouldn't, you can then use my favourite thing in the world, which is distilled white vinegar, Queen V. If you mix it 50-50 water vinegar, just spritz it on, not overloading it, not soaking it, but just spritz it on and then wipe it down with the cloth. It will not only kill the mold spores, remove it, but it'll also make sure it's not going to come back again. Great. Hopefully that works out for you, Deborah. Uh, can you please ask Laura about what I need to do to get my house ready to put on the market? Oh, this is right up your street here. Uh, mm-hmm. It needs a bit of TLC and whoever buys it will probably end up retrofitting it and all that. And at the moment, there are a few plastering and paint issues on a few of the walls and a missing cupboard door in the kitchen. Well, I don't want to spend too much money getting it guzzied up. Um, I, I still don't want to be scarlet at the thought of potential buyers walking around the gaff commenting on my flaky walls. Are there any tips uh, that Laura might have to get it looking fabulous and stunning and match fit without it costing an arm and a leg? 
<laughs> oh my god, I'm obsessed with her. Okay, so what you're going to do is remember, it's your home. No one's allowed to comment on it anyway, like negatively. They're going to be walking around. If they are retrofitting, then you don't have to do anything major to it. The cupboard door that's missing in the kitchen, fill it with the nicest things in your kitchen. If it's down low, fill it with cookbooks or other books. If it's up high, fill it with plain glassware. Make a feature of it. Don't worry about it. Take the hinges off and then just make it look like it's just a cubby hole ah, rather than a cupboard with a missing door. <laughs> then when it comes to other things, if you know people are going to be retrofitting that home, you just want to create space. So just reduce clutter. Even if you've got to put it in behind cupboards, just reduce the clutter down. All you want to create there is that there's loads of area space for people to redo other things to it. Lamps are your best friend, especially in winter with viewings, because you can set up a lovely tone in rooms rather than the central light in the middle mm. of the room. Turn that off for viewings. I would just make sure that there's not that much clutter on top of high cupboards and on top of surfaces. If there's chipping paint and things like that, people won't mind if you know it's the kind of house that they're going to retrofit anyway. Usually people do want to do some work to a house when they get in, unless it's a new build. Like they want to have some kind of ownership over it and do yes. some work yeah. and don't worry and don't sweat anyone anyone that's going in commenting at someone's house like that isn't someone you care about anyway in my opinion i think just reduce clutter get a nice bit of space into it and make a feature of that cupboard right is is there any in your experience any deal breaker mm-hmm. for people you know anything that would go i'm not buying that definitely not buying that house uh I think like we just did an episode in the podcast there with a surveyor and they even say subsidence is something that oh, yeah, would well, turn yes, even yeah, a subsidence yes, yes, yes. But from a visual point of view, like when people go in, everybody's different. That's what I've learned. Like when I sit down in front of investors or people who are buying that have hired me to have them buy, people, someone will say, I will never buy this type of house. And another person will absolutely love it. Yeah. It just depends. Some people want loads of light. Other people don't want big windows at all. Okay. They want to feel nice and cozy in the bedroom. So there's not what is one girl's, you know, turn off is another girl's turn Come on. on yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, last one, Laura. Uh, would Laura have a tip for removing the bits of foam stickers that I can't seem to get off since sticking lots of tiny plastic bats to my front door at <laughs> Halloween? It's a PVC door. <laughs> oh, I was hoping you were going to follow up with Halloween there and then I was hoping you weren't. Um, so something that we all have in our houses now is hand sanitizer, And that's yeah. basically like rubbing alcohol. And if you get a little bit of that onto a Q-tip uh-huh. or an old rag, rub that into it and that will start dissolving the glue. Because a lot of those Halloween decorations have like a way cheaper glue in it that just will not come off something like UPVC because it kind of bonds to it. So you just want to go very gentle with some hand sanitizer, and you should be able to get that off. Right. Uh, you, you've been doing all the giving of information uh, and advice here something for you Anna says pennies do an after fake tan bedding it's like a single sheet sleeping bag so handy there you go Oh, stunning. I actually have a little myth that I climb into that I've made. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah, well, there, Penny, you're doing it <laughs> My now. My husband's <laughs> always like that thing again, but All listen. Right. <laughs> uh, Laura, good luck at the podcast. Great talking to you. Mind yourself. Thank See you. you. Bye, bye. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1.